DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Time to welcome in Frank Dolce, the former Utah quarterback, now a Utah football insider. You hear him on all the shows all week long, talking all things Utes. Frank, good morning. Good morning, guys. Hope you're doing well. We are doing well. We hope you are doing well, too. You know who's doing well? The Utes. Yeah. Two straight wins. <laughs> Which makes that whole Washington loss kind of a woulda, coulda, shoulda. But that was a learning thing. The kids you tailored, they just had to learn how to win. If you're a Ute fan, that's easy to talk yourself into. That's low-hanging fruit there. Do you expect this streak to continue against Washington State? And if not, why? Yeah, I, I, I think this is a good matchup. I think this is a good matchup for Utah. And uh, the, the way that they've performed the last couple weeks, uh, leads me to believe that they're headed down the, the right path, um, especially in terms of of things like n- not committing dumb mistakes. I mean, there were very, very few penalties in that game. I think Utah maybe only had one in that game. I don't think they had any. Yeah, so it was it was you know pretty clean game. Uh, they they didn't turn the ball over. It was interesting because the way the game played out, if it if it goes the opposite way, even if Utah wins, uh, maybe we're talking about it differently. But but Utah was kind of okay in the first half, and then really took over the game in the second half and dominated in the second half. And so we go out of that game feeling pretty good about how how Utah performed. And so if they can build on that, then I think they can manage. Uh, Washington State and come out with you know three straight wins and and maybe maybe a winning record uh, on the year. So after the game, I get on the Zoom call and listen to Kyle. And I don't tweet a whole lot, but I tend to tweet the most during games. And I get a lot of response during the games. And I had a bunch of stuff of people saying bench Bentley, basically in a nutshell. And afterward, Kyle says that Andy Ludwig gave Bentley a stern talking to at halftime, and he said that he told Ludwig told Bentley to play with confidence. And clearly the second half, and that's a very small sample, but in that second half was the best ball he's played as a Ute. As a quarterback yourself, what does it mean when you're hearing play with confidence and how do you think that made such a significant difference? Because he was so much better in the second half. I think that is the piece of his game that has been missing, is taking over the reins, being a leader, you know, kind of, kind of in a sense, not, not really, but kind of in a sense, feeling like he's putting the team on his back and, and he's going to take them down the field. And, you know, his success is the team's success and all of that all that stuff. So as I've watched him the, the past several weeks, I've, I, I, I've said that I think he has the tools, and I still believe that. Like, I think he can make all the throws, and his arm strength is good enough, and I, li- I really like his athleticism. That has probably been, you know, a pleasant surprise to lots of people is his ability to go pick up a first down with his legs. Um, and he's made some bad throws, and he's made some bad reads, and, you know, that – that just that just happens, but he seemed more talented than than doing that regularly. So, for him to finally take that next step is really meaningful because it just it makes everything easier. The game slows down a little bit, and 
you know, people all are, uh, you know, look a lot more open and you can fit things in windows that you didn't feel like you could before. And just, just playing with that, uh, that kind of confidence is really meaningful. I, I do have to say that not, not only was it, not only was it Bentley that stepped up, but, you know, his offensive line finally c- kind of took control of the game as well. And so, you know, if your running game is going well, and it was, and your offensive line is winning at the line of scrimmage, then your job as a quarterback becomes significantly easier, significantly less difficult. Um, because all of a sudden, when you have a half a second or a second more to look downfield and throw a ball and step into the pocket and step into your throw, it's, it's meaningful. And it, clearly it showed uh, on, on Saturday afternoon the way that, the way that he performed. I think the thing that I've come to understand watching him, and now knowing I may only watch him play one or two more games, so, but, it, <laughs> but I think it speaks to a lot of quarterbacks, though, and it's what you just said. Uh, when things are going well, he fits in and he can play his part. But I don't think he's the kind of quarterback who elevates the whole team, who puts everyone on the shoulders, any other cliche you want. Um, PK and I were texting back and forth during the game. You know, we put a lot of stock in the fact that he had 30-whatever starts in the SEC. And I, look, I think it's 33, because I think his record was like 19-14 and 14 as a starter. And he was 1-8 against teams that were ranked. So when his team, they were playing better teams, his team's a little overmatched, the throwing windows are smaller, the pocket isn't as clean, all those things, stuff goes wrong and they end up losing the game. Uh, but if it's a pretty even matchup or if they've got the better team, you know, he's going to win three out of four of those games. So, but I guess that's probably true of a lot of quarterbacks, isn't it? Isn't, doesn't he fit in a group that, that, that wouldn't be a very select group I'm talking about? No, I think that, I, I think that, happens pretty regularly the you know the rarity is uh, are the guys that can can take a team when things aren't going well on some sort of regular basis and and make everybody better and so like you know the guys that 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 do that uh today um you know kind of your 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 russell wilson type of guys who's, who's done that with with teams that haven't always had the most talent. I think Ben Roethlisberger kind of falls into that category. He just, he just has the ability to, to put his team on his shoulders and, and take them. I, it's, uh, it's funny that you mentioned that because I don't know where I fit Aaron Rodgers in that, in that group. If he's the guy that, if he's a guy that puts his team on shoulders and makes everybody better, or, or if he's just way better when his team is better, I don't know. I, he's, He's maybe the most talented quarterback in the NFL. That probably still applies, but I'm, it's funny about Aaron Rodgers. Anyway, with with Jake Bentley, we certainly haven't seen him do that, and so he's taken the the step of playing with confidence. We saw that in the second half against Colorado. So so now the next step would be if things aren't going well for Utah against Washington State, does Bentley step up and make a few plays? You know, under duress, in diff- under difficult circumstances, and and uh, you know, if, if he can do that, then you know that that's significant. That would be telling. He just, I, I don't disagree with you. He does, he he hasn't shown that ability to this point. Um, still, I, I think that he is a guy that 
well, <laughs> I was going to say he could win a lot of games for Utah. We don't know how long his career is going to last with Utah, but he can certainly win another game for for Utah <laughs> um, in, a, in a couple of days. Uh, if he plays the way that he, he performs the way he did, especially in the second half against Colorado. He would have won a lot of games for you without COVID. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's how it goes. That's going to be the. That's going to be for a lot of guys across college football this year. We're going to say that that guy would have won a lot of games for you. Know, insert the team here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate, but that's the reality of the world in which we live in. So we see the emergence of Ty Jordan, and. I don't know why I think it's remarkable because I've seen it a hundred times now, but I'm trying not to get too crazy on this young kid here. But when you're running like he is and averaging seven yards a carry and you're a first-year freshman in your third or fourth game, I want to jump ahead and I try to pride myself into not being outrageous, but I want to jump ahead and anoint him the best running back that they've ever had. It seems ridiculous to say it because it's just been based on two or three games, but man, this kid looks awesome. He, he is a, he's a different kind of talent. That's for sure. And you know, if if you take what we're talking about in, in, in Jake Bentley, and this is, this is not, not, not a knock against Jake Bentley at all. I mean, I'm, this is, this is, I'm a fan of his, of Bentley and, and what he's able to do for Utah. Um, And so I don't want people to take it that way, but, but when, when Jordan steps on the field and when Jordan takes possession of the football, there's not a sense of anybody, I don't think, that a, a question about what he's going to accomplish. Like, he, he takes the football and there's full confidence that he, there, there's something positive is going to happen. And, and that's why in a third and five situation where typically or third and six, you'd think, well, I'm, I'm, I might just throw the ball. Well, no, you, you're going to give the ball to Ty Jordan because he, he gives the confidence. He not only plays with the confidence, but he projects that confidence onto everybody else that he's going to be able to make a play. And so there's, a, there's you know, kind of a little bit of a difference in, in the way that, that those two guys, Bentley versus Jordan, approach the, the game is – Jordan has this has uh, a, a unique ability um, to to make a play when a play needs to be made. To play with confidence, even at this even at this young age, he plays like you know he plays like an upperclassman. There's no question about it. So I don't know about an, uh, anointing him the best in the history of Utah football. We'd have to go across that list, and several names come to mind in guys that. That uh, played in difficult under difficult circumstances, um, and Devonte Booker certainly comes to mind as one of the very best in my mind, and and of course uh, Zach Moss is one of the very best in my mind, and and I think that the way that he's performed in the last few games, that Ty Jordan could certainly put himself in that conversation. He's an extreme talent. I think the best thing you can say about him so far, because to say that he's the the best ever, well, you got to do it game after game. You got to bring the consistency, and you can't say he's done it until he's actually done it. So we have to let him get 10, 15, 20, 25 games into a career. But what we can say is that a lot of us in the media, in the fan base, watched his first game. He carried the ball seven times, and lots of us thought 
he needs to get the ball more than that. And we haven't watched the hours and hours of video. We're not a trained eye like a coach who's just watched so many recruits and so much game film. But Frank, in seven carries, I figured it out. PK figured it out. Jake figured it out. You figured it out. Lots of people listening figured it out. Well, that kid needs the ball more in seven carries. That's pretty impressive by him. Well, yeah, no, no question about it. That's what I mean about um, the the confidence that he plays with and that he projects onto everybody else. It was evident. It was clear <laughs> a few carries into the game that he played at a different speed. And some guys just do that. It's really sometimes it's hard to put your thumb on it. Like, why is this guy better? Why does he do that better? Why do you think he's and and there's not necessarily uh, like a discernible thing when you look at a guy physically or whatever, but, but there is a, there's a sense, there's a feeling uh, when a guy is different and that's how I would describe Jordan. He's just different. And, and if you put him up against the other backs that are in the, in the backfield for Utah right now, who I think are extremely talented, I mean, I think Utah probably would have had success with any one of those guys. But when when the when the lights go on and you put on the straight, you know, strap on the chin strap, it's just different when he has the ball in his hands. And I think that's the the only way I could describe it. So, Kyle said on his uh, Zoom meetings this week that Cam Rising is going to not be available most likely for spring ball. And Bentley, if he leaves, obviously wouldn't be available. Lisk is a senior, so he's out the door. So they could have a freshman who's going to join the program in uh, next month, I guess, if that follows through as far as spring ball goes. That, that would be outrageous to think about that, and hopefully we get to have spring ball. I mean, that's a, a question. I get it. But how much do you think that that makes you nervous about the quarterbacking situation going forward? Yeah, that doesn't. I that certainly doesn't give me uh, a lot of confidence in in that position group. Which you know, as as much as as DJ and I will argue about whether or not Utah has to have a superstar quarterback, um, they they still have to have a you know kind of a, a star. <laughs> At quarterback, I you know I don't think he needs necessarily to be the star of the team, but he kind of needs to be a star within the team, and that's just you know that's hard uh, for for a freshman, and we've seen it happen before, so it's not unheard of, but it it would put Utah in a in in a difficult under difficult circumstances if if that were to occur. Now, you know you look at the guy and you watch him on tape and and it looks like he has all of the tools. Um, the athleticism, the ability to throw the ball downfield, looks like he makes good decisions with the football and certainly good size. So everything, everything is there. And, you know, and he's a guy that would probably benefit from a powerful Utah running game and maybe he wouldn't be called on as much early on in his career to, to make things happen. But... It does make that that quarterback group um, uh, a little questionable for Utah coming into in into spring, and so we'll have to see. We'll, we'll just have to see how that unfolds. It's just one of the, you know. I look across this recruiting class for Utah, and they get the good you know they get the good 
quarterback. And I might I might lean on, you know, what DJ says about this group a little bit more than I have in the past. Is it, it never feels quite like that position group is solidified in terms of depth for, for the youths. Um, and as, as probably the most important position group on the field, I, I, it just feels like there, maybe there could be a little more, uh, focus on, on built, you know, keeping that group intact on a regular basis. So I, I don't know, DJ, if, if, that falls in line with what you're thinking about that, but it feels a, a little thin at this point going out of this season and heading into spring. A little thin is a good line. I like the way you phrased that. A, a, little, <laughs> a little thin. Hey, because you call the high school games, um, you've seen a lot of high school players in person. And projecting high school kids to the next level is hard. Coaches say, hey, if you hit on two out of three recruits, you're, I mean, the guys who do it full time are hoping to hit on two out of three. But having said yeah. that, having seen a lot of players and having seen a lot of the playoff games where the best teams and the best players are going head to head, are there a couple guys in the local, in this local recruiting class you are really confident about projecting success for them when they get to the next level and start playing college ball? Uh, yeah, there's 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 several guys around. There's there's a lot of talent in the state, um, and there's a lot of college football talent in the state. So I don't know if that necessarily translates into like Power Five type of talent, but but there's a lot of guys that could could have collegiate football careers in the state, and for one reason or another, you know, maybe mostly kind of size related issues won't won't ever necessarily make it to the to the big the big programs but i think about um i think about guys like uh you, you, you know the handley darren handley um his his son played tight end at utah great size he has a son at corner canyon who's a very good wide receiver but he was the he was the runt of the litter he just didn't get any of the size um, so I don't know if he tra- his his size wise translates into power five football, but he should play somewhere. Like that's a guy that could that should go out and find a spot on the roster because he'd be productive. Uh, outside of that, there's there's a lot of other talent. The quarterback at uh, Corner Canyon is a guy that is is highly recruited and should be should be highly recruited. I think he steps on lots of different. Pac-12 programs um, right now and has a chance to to compete for a job. Uh, I think he's super talented. Kid at East High School, defensive, offensive lineman at East High School. He's a guy that's going to make a make a difference uh, at at the next level. Big time college football player. Tempview has uh, a few guys on the defensive side. Um, uh, Raider Mooney. Just fan, I was going to say Raider was is fantastically talented. They have a defensive end as well, Logan Fano. That's that's very yep. You got all the guys that are all very very talented. Um, the offensive lineman at I, I think he's an interesting one. The offensive lineman light at uh, Corner Canyon. 
who is an Oregon commit, and after every Corner Canyon game, at, within 30 seconds of the game ending, he was in complete Oregon gear. <laughs> he was just out of his Corner Canyon gear and put his Oregon gear on. So he's he's going to be uh, he he's going to be a good one. Uh, Lone Peak had some Lone Peak had some talent. Orem uh, has has some talent. Uh, offensive lineman, I think the offensive lineman is actually committed to Oregon as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a couple couple of good guys there. I- anyway, um, there's a there's a kid. Uh, you know, there's a, there's another Barton at uh, at uh, Brighton High School that should be. Uh, he, he's just a junior though. Yeah. And and that's a guy that's going to that's going to to make a difference. I don't know if you guys remember way back when Mike Edwards played baseball at Utah. He played a little bit of football at Utah. Played baseball at Utah. He has a kid um, at Brighton High School. He doesn't necessarily fit in the Power Five discussion, but that's a guy that should go on and and play college football some somewhere. Should have a nice career and in college college football one of the uh you know the the Kyle Brennan who who's at the in the administration at Utah his son played at Highland and he just committed to to the Utes and we'll see how he um I think he's talented he's going to have to work super hard to get on the field but should have a should have a chance to play a little ball at Utah so yeah, I look across the state I'm not saying it's Texas or you know California Florida or anything like that but but there is a lot. There is a lot of football talent in in the state of Utah. Frank, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks for checking in with us, man. Anytime, uh, I love to do it. I'm I'm sort of sad it's a shortened season because I think we're our my time with you guys is going to get cut short this year. But love to do it. Love to catch up with you guys. Frank Dolce, our Utah football insider here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. And PK, as he runs through that list of recruits, uh, if, uh, if BYU is identifying these guys as Power 5 guys, and they are indeed Power 5 guys, then that means the top 20 players on uh, 24-7 sports list of high school talent in Utah are all headed to Power 5 programs. The Pac-12 is coming in. It's going to drive you nuts. A lot of the kids he just mentioned, three of them are going to Oregon. And Washington's getting one, and Washington State, and Stanford, and Nebraska, and Oregon State. I mean, everybody, everybody's coming into Utah. And Utah and BYU are getting a handful of them. Uh, but all this talent, and a lot of the guys he just listed, uh, are scattering. Yeah, it's the way of the world, man. Yeah. This is... All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Yak is going to catch us up to date on the signees he knows about. Today is signing day. It is 8.30 in California, so the kids have had about 90 minutes to sign. And the Utah kids have had two and a half hours. We'll get to that next. Stay with us. Let's go! The Big Show. It's a big deal! With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. People have been asking me what I think of this Jazz team. I have them ahead of where some of the national guys have placed the Jazz. I think they're going to be better than what many people think. I'm basing that on the additions they made and the improvement that will come in their star players. But I can't draw strong conclusions off preseason games. I'm not going to defend the national guys because I'm with you. I don't agree with where they have the Jazz in the West. But they should be at very least incrementally better because they've basically rolled back the same team but added Derek Favors, which of course is going to make you better. The question is just how much. The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. 
DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We've been talking a lot of college football this morning. The letters of intent are slowly getting signed. It's uh, The process is uh, still in motion right now. Yaki, have you got some of the early signees this morning? We do. Uh, you want to start with Utah or BYU? Surprises. USU. <laughs> USU, okay. Well, let's start off with Utah. Their list is a little bit shorter so far this morning. We've got three official players in. Uh, Zeroway Williams from Maricopa, Arizona, and Mountain Point High School PK. Down there in the valley, an offensive lineman coming to Salt Lake City. David Fotu, the younger brother of Lecky Fotu, is signed. He is a transfer from Snow College. And Trey Reynolds, also from the valley, Queen Creek, Arizona, and Queen Creek High School. Fotu, kicker, quarterback? No. Safety? No. D-line? Defensive line. There you go. And who's the third one? Uh, Trey Reynolds, a quarterback from Queen Creek, Arizona. Who will get moved to another position, possibly? They actually, based on what I've read, they actually really like him at linebacker. There you go. All right. Arizona, PK. The kids want to beat the Heat and get out of Dodge, don't they? Another one. Should I look up and see how many of their elite recruits are leaving the state? Well, we got some from BYU from down there, too. Oh, I can do it for you. There's literally a story in the Republic that lists uh, all the kids that are signing or already have signed, and I, I mean, I can read the list for you. There's a lot of talent there, for sure. Yeah, and they long since uh, long-standing problem of keeping them home. Who you got, Yak? All right, on the BYU front, their list is a little bit longer. Logan Fano, who we just talked about from Timview High School, him and Raider DeMooney both have signed. Bentley Redden from San Clemente, California. Isaiah Glasker from Bingham State, as PK likes to call it, Bingham High School here in the Valley. Kyson Hall from Maple Mountain High School down there in Spanish Fork. Sione Hingano from Chandler High School in Chandler, Arizona. So yet another product out of the valley, leaving the state. Jovessa DeMooney from Ridgeline High School up in Cache Valley. Dylan Rollins from Missoula, Montana. Dallin Havea from Provo High School. Weston Jones from Romeo High School in Michigan. Nathan Hoke, the son of former BYU defensive lineman Chris Hoke, out of North Allegheny High School in Pittsburgh. And that does it for BYU. So far. All right, there it is. And PK wanted the Aggies. You got anything for us? Coaching change. Give me a second. Yeah, okay. All right, so another uh, another year of talented uh, athletes spreading out all over the place. Oregon getting three of the top five in Utah and three of the top five in Arizona. Oregon's not letting up, PK. Uh, do we know that they're three of the top five? Uh, you believe the 24-7 sports rankings. Uh, I think the point is that they're getting very good athletes out of Arizona and very good. I mean, if you can argue, you know, it also comes down to what do you need in your program. If you're getting a guy, he may not help you because you're already loaded at that position and really you've got to fix some other spot on the field. But I just sure. think it goes to, lo- to, to Oregon is just getting elite kids from all over the West. And it didn't translate this year, and they lost twice, but they had a lot of opt-outs, and this is a funky year. Um, but when you're getting this many of the top players out of multiple states across the West – Bodes well for where you're going to be in the future, that's for sure. All right, you guys want the Aggies? Go. Seni Tuiaki, a defensive lineman from Salt Lake City in East High School. Sione Moa from Weber High School in Ogden. Ike Larson from Smithfield, Utah in Skyview High School. And Johnson Hansen, also from East High School, a defensive lineman. Uh, in addition to talk recruiting, we talked uh, football with uh, David Nixon 
from the Cougars and Frank Dolce from the Utes. Takeaways from either of those interviews. You want to catch people up to speed if the people joining the show late. Frank's a big believer in Bentley. Uh, thinks he has all the tools. And I got to believe I was doubting. I got to admit, I should say, that I was doubting. But that second half against Colorado really showed me something. That was a strong performance in the second half, uh, not just from him, but from the run game as well. I mean, they basically ran the ball down the field for the first touchdown, and they basically threw the ball down the field for the next touchdown, which kind of surprised me because I thought after the two big runs on that previous drive, I thought it was going to be a steady diet of run game, but they went to the air and made big plays too. Yeah. And the Jazz here, they've announced they've signed Trey Scott. Six foot eight, two twenty five, four year player out of Cincinnati. He was uh, last season's AAC Defensive Player of the Year. Got some size and an ability to defend. So can they add to his uh, offensive game? Get him some G League games, depending on what the G League looks like this year, and uh, find a rotation player. A nugget overlooked. Give me his name one more time. I got to lock that down. Trey Scott, T-R-E, okay, and then Scott, obviously. Right. And he is double-double guy, 11.4 points and 10.5 boards. If you can average 10.5 boards in a 40-minute college game, that's pretty good. So 10.5 rebounds in 33.7 minutes a game. And what was the defensive already won? They're in the AAC, obviously, yeah. and he was that conference's defensive player of the year. So if you're 6'8", and you're the defensive player of the year and an awesome rebounder, two things uh, jump out at me. One, how well did you shoot the three, and do you move well enough to defend an NBA pick and roll out on the three-point line? Now be careful on how many things you want to answer yes to, because if you answer yes to too many of them, he's not available. Right. And I think the reason he was available is that those two things are some level of question marks with one or both of them. Not yeah, watching a lot I of it. Rem- and not watching a lot of AAC basketball. He's a great no. defender, but I don't know who he's defending and where on the court. This is where I have to go toward the guys who are doing this professionally. Because I can remember when Kevin O'Connor signed Damari Carroll. I'm thinking, what the heck? Who is this guy? What do you need him for? And he actually was a decent player for them. And obviously it's the same thing at a much higher level with Royce O'Neal. Who is this guy? Why do you need the guy? Why do you need this guy? Mm-hmm. And he developed into a nice NBA player. And you need, among somewhere in that rotation, you need a couple guys who aren't making a lot of money. I mean, you just... Well, you, I'm your you, guy, you, then. You can't pay eight guys. You need some guys who are making seven of them are guaranteed offensive stars, as you say. Uh, Well, I said I could count on them. They're not going to be offensive. They're not going to have seven offensive stars. There aren't going to be shots. The point is, if you can count on them, the other team can't afford to leave them, which is really good news if you're running a pick and roll with Donovan Mitchell because you assume there's going to need to be some help. And that if you help off somebody, they're going to make you pay. doesn't mean they're going to put up all-star numbers every night. There aren't that many shots. And you know, if there's not enough shots to go around for shots, and you have too many shooters with not enough shots, what do you end up with? You end up with the Boston Celtics out in the second round, because I was right. Way to tell me you were right. You're That's welcome. That's unusual. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I learned it from watching you, all right? <laughs> Some people can tell you what happened. Some people tell you what will happen. Where have I heard that? <laughs> uh, from a fool? <sighs> 
All right. Anything else you want to pass along from today's show? Uh, other things we talked about. Milwaukee got their guy, Giannis Antetokounmpo, staying, staying in Milwaukee. Five-year deal, $228 million supermax. So they got him. Now can they put enough guys around him when you're giving him that much money? His deal, by the last year, it's $50 million bucks, $51 million, I think. Yeah, I question if he's good enough to, when you're talking about winning a title, is he the guy? Is he good enough to win you a title? I don't know that he is, and he hasn't come close yet. He's 26 years old, and he didn't grow up playing American ball either. So I'm not going to write the book on him and say, no, there's no way. But at the same time, is he really, really – he's really good. There's no doubt about it. And he's electric with that little spin move and one step, and he's dunking. Uh, But is he the man – in playoff situations when buckets get real difficult to get to come by and defense is played at a much higher level with much more intensity, is he the guy? Now, it's great for Milwaukee. It's great for small markets. It sends a great message that the system that the NBA has designed, at least in this case, works. And if I'm a Milwaukee Bucks fan this morning, I'm way excited. There's no question about it. But is he good enough as the premier star to lead you to a title? To be determined, an excellent debate point, and that will rage on. But he's the best player they're likely to get in the next decade, so they need to hold on to him. I agree. I agree. And now they have. But you're right that, you know, there's no guarantee. Not only is there no guarantee he'll win a championship, there's no guarantee he'll go to the NBA Finals. Well, has he even gotten to the conference finals yet? Now, I don't think his team was that good, and I kept saying it last year. And they've made some moves, so we'll see if they get better. Uh, it's been frustrating, and that goes back to the question of, you know, they've given him so much money. Now, maybe they can attract another uh, player there now that they know he is there. Uh, they've been to one conference final. Uh, Possibly. Yeah, lost to the Raptors in six, and the Raptors went on and, and won the title. Last year, they went out in the second round in the bubble. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Your feedback's coming up next. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. John Hartwell, Athletic Director at Utah State. With Gary Anderson no longer the head coach, a nationwide search, what was it about Blake Anderson that jumped out at you? Blake, his experience at Arkansas State, you know, a seven-year body of work, and he talked in his press conference, he said, you know, four and seven this year, but you look at his body of work, you know, the previous six years, all six years that he had been there as a head coach, bowl games every year, won at least seven games, two conference championships, lost in another conference championship. So a proven record of success as a head coach, that was obviously very attractive to us, but I think he will fit very well in Cache Valley with his work ethic and, you know, I, I just, I think he's going to be outstanding. Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. He's only five foot five, but rum bum bum. He barely has a life, but rum bum bum. I'll go at him like Shaq, but rum bum bum. I'll take him to the rack, but rum bum bum. Rum bum bum, rum bum bum. Is that the BYU Alpine Men's Choir? <laughs> or our good friend Kay. Kay! Kay, you need a name for your band. Come up with a name. Tweet it at Yak and I. You had no idea when you told that story of go out a five foot five guy that it was going to take on a life. No, I really didn't. No, <laughs> I had no idea. I had no idea someone would be singing five five guy a week later. 
No chance. But, you know, there's a lot of weird stuff that happens on this show, and that's what we always say at the end of the show when we're talking about it. Do you have any idea that was going to happen when you walked in here this morning? Nope. No idea. But I couldn't let it go. What you said, you're going to take it to a 5'5 guy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Time for your feedback this morning. Stuff you want to know. Stuff you want to weigh in on. Stuff you want to say about today's show. <laughs> Road Homes Road Wins Home Losses wants to know does Coke Zero come out of a Kmart pantsuit? <laughs> First off, it's not a pantsuit. No, that was me saying, I think anyway, it was me referencing that I get my wife a pantsuit at Kmart for you Christmas. You get her a cocktail, cocktail dress. dress. Oh, well, I know, but I used to get her pantsuits, and then I upgraded. Ah. Once I got once I got the radio money and I can afford more more stylish clothes, and you know, I had more swag to go with the Zach Wilson, Aaron Rodgers argument, I, I upped my game, but the pantsuits... <laughs> She had on jeans. That's from last night. I knocked a hole, and I just barely got it, too, so it was full to the top. Over my friend's wife, I knocked over a whole cup, container cup, a glass, I guess, full of Coke Zero on her just as we sat down to eat. Oh, my gosh. I felt so bad. Jeans really soak it up, too. That's good. They probably weighed uh, the jeans probably... Weighed a good 20 pounds. Yeah, and you know what's funny? Years ago, I think it was about three years ago, four of us were going to a Billy Joel concert at the arena, and we went to, what's that place, Red Rock downtown? Mm-hmm. And it was packed, right, because a lot of people were going to the Billy Joel concert. The guy's been cranking out hits for 50 years. And uh, my wife did the exact same thing to me. And, of course, I blew it up way bigger than it needed to do because I always overreact. I'm the guy who absolutely makes the mountain out of the molehill. I've been doing that way too long. I've gotten better. but uh, So I chastise her, and then fast forward, what, three, four years later, whatever it was, and I do the same thing, not to her, but to my wife's friend. And my wife looked at me like, uh-huh, you idiot. I've been <laughs> four years to tell you this. <laughs> It happens. In the words of Carl Malone, <laughs> they rang true then, they ring true now. Carl, it stands the test of time. What go around, what go come around, around come around. Uh, <laughs> what go around, come the, around. The exact same thing. <laughs> now, did she say at the table, or was that just between the two of you? Or did she say? Oh, she gave me the look. To, to like, well, I, and I get that, you. but I wonder if the other couple knows that four years ago. Yeah, yeah, they were there. They were with us. Oh, okay. It was the same, oh, okay. It was the it was same, the exact same. people. Okay. So you've been through this <laughs> debacle before. <laughs> yes. She did it to uh, me, uh, and I acted like it was the worst thing in the world because I'm an idiot. <laughs> yes. And we went to the show, and my jeans were, you know, soaked. Eventually they dry, but still, they're sticky. You know how that goes. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so here I do it to my friend uh, at they, the start of a, a little get-together on a Tuesday night, and... I look over at my wife, and she gave me the look. She'd been waiting four friggin' years to give me this look. And there was nothing I could do. I had to take it. <laughs> All right, we're out of time. Uh, coming up next, Hans and Scotty right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.